What's up? What's up, ladies? Today is episode 10 of We Got This Girl podcast, and it's entitled Grace, the Game Changer. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm so, like, you don't even know how humbled I am um, just to be able to do this. Like, I know on a day like today where I feel just... Like, I haven't gone to God with everything I need to go with to him, you know. So, I, I tell y'all all the time, like, I want this to be an open platform. Like, this is not a place where we come and pretend like we have it all together. Even though it is in my nature to act like I have it all together. But I don't. I have nothing together. The only thing that holds me together is God, his love, Jesus, his blood, the Holy Spirit, and the word of God. Like, I can't, I think... The more I surrender, the more I see that there's not one single day that I can do it on my own. (laughs) There's not one single day that I can say, Patrice, you know what? You don't need God today. There's not one single day. That's the truth. But the reality is there are days that I go and say, you know what? I got this today. You know, I I got, I got this. I don't, I don't really need to, I went to God yesterday and surrendered and put my heart on the altar and denied myself. And it's not even so much, I think we get kind of, I think I can get caught up. I don't know if you're the same, but I can get caught up with like, oh, I need to deny myself. I need to deny myself. And I do need to deny myself to follow Jesus. We do need to deny ourselves to follow Jesus. That's one of the things that he says, if you want to follow me, take up your cross daily, you know, but Um, I think another thing that we can't forget is the first thing, like the greatest commandment to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul. And so sometimes I leave that out and that's not okay. That's not okay. So I have to confess that to you all because this is an open platform and we have to come together. And as women, um, I think it's so important that we live that Acts 242 um, you know, that we come together and we share things with one another um, and the Lord will add to our numbers daily. And so um, by me being open, I hope that it um, encourages you to be open with someone, you know, have someone, have a woman in your life that you can just share your heart to um, and confess. Confession is so important. Um, and I don't even know how we got into all of this, but um <laughs> We're talking about grace today, and I just think this is like one of those things that I never really, I think I, of course, like we never truly understand everything about God, and that that's a good thing, right? I used to say, oh my gosh, I just want to understand everything about God, but you know, if I had to understand everything about God, I think I would just be so overwhelmed, and that's why he's God and I'm not, right? <laughs> so grace It's not that I know everything about grace, because I don't, Um, but I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit to take us and to allow us to hear what he wants us to hear, Um, because it's just my voice. He's speaking through me. Trust me. But um, so I wanted to talk about grace today because I think I remember um, in the Growth is Itchy episode, I talked about um, how I had gone to a conference, what was kind of like a pop-up uh, conference here in um, the city that I live in. And there was this, there's this amazing, amazing, amazing woman who um, who is the creator and ministry leader of this ministry called Saved in the City. You may or may not have heard of it, but if you have not heard of it, I really encourage you to look it up. BTW, before we get started, if you want to contact me, <laughs> you can contact me at we got ministry at gmail.com. That's W-E-G-O-T-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y at gmail.com. By the way, I love getting emails from you guys. I got some emails last week. I'm going to go ahead and shout out my auntie. Hey, auntie. But (laughs) I got some emails last week. Thank you so much. I'm so like, I love getting emails, guys. It made my day. I love to read emails and just see, you know, what God is speaking to you. It doesn't even have to be like, 
it could be as casual, as formal as you want to make it. You could just say, hey, Patrice, I was in my quiet time and I, I read this and I think you should do a lesson on this or I think you should share about this or maybe I would like to share on the podcast. Like whatever it is, like just contact me. Like I promise I don't bite most of the time unless I'm hungry. So, <laughs> so yeah, so back to what I was saying was I, um, I went to this pop-up thing and, and, Brittany Morton is the person who the amazing woman she's not just a person she's like an amazing woman of God who is the ministry leader of um saved in the city and she's all over the southeast and um a little bit going up into the northeast um and she does these saved in the city it's like this mecca for women to come and just be loved by God and be reminded that God is just so merciful, so gracious, and he loves them. And so I went to her pop-up, and I know I mentioned this before, but this is kind of where this came from. And she's praying in the spirit. Um, And I believe in all the gifts. I believe in speaking in the tongues. I believe in all of it. I I don't, I I don't, you know, despite what people think, it's what it is. And those are my convictions, but I believe in all of it. So she's going around and she's praying and she gets to me she's praying in the spirit and so she looks at me and she says you uh she says you're like me and I'm like what (laughs) I'm like "Er." (laughs) I've never talked to this woman before now I did see her one time at my mom's church she came for the singles conference but uh, like a singles conference that they have every year And so she spoke there and that's kind of how I found out about her. I had heard about her ministry or whatever. Anyway, I'm getting to the point. So she comes up to me and she's like, you're just like me. And I'm like, huh? And then she says, you are a perfectionist. You want to do everything right. She said, you want to do, this lady has never met me before. She doesn't even know my name. Like she does not know me. So it had to have been the spirit had to have been holy spirit so she says you're just like me she said and she stares and she kind of like looks at me for a little while and she touches my stomach and she said you are she said you're a perfectionist and you want to get everything right and you think that when you the minute you mess up god is waiting to kick you out and he doesn't love you she said you need a new revelation of grace pray so i want you to pray for a new revelation of grace. And the night that she said that, I was like, what in the world does that mean? Like a new revelation of grace. What does that mean? Um, I still don't know what it means to this day, but I think the Holy Spirit is leading me and and guiding me because he's our counselor. So he's guiding me on that path to understanding a revelation of grace. And to be honest, guys, to understand a revelation of grace means you got to go through some crap and you got to be able to say, okay, the only way that I'm doing this, like now, the only way I'm doing this is grace because I'm full of sin. Like I'm full of sin. And at any moment, I can be sinful. You see what I'm saying? Like there's, so I think it's like those moments where you look up and you're like, wait a minute, my whole life is grace. (laughs) because I'm full of sin like I sin daily and I have to repent daily of something no sin is greater than the other but whatever you're dealing with ladies like our life is grace because God chooses every single day to love us but not also does he choose because it's definitely a choice it's not like he's forced to love us he doesn't force us to love him and he's not forced to love us it is a choice and I think that was my revelation I think that's what the Holy Spirit is giving me about my revelation of grace and I want to share that with you I think the biggest thing to take out of this is that God chooses to love us I chose he said I chose you he chooses to love us he's not forced to love us And I think that's kind of like the thing that I was like, well, God has to love me. I would go through these things and I'm going to get to the to the sharing. But I would go through these things where I would I would sin or sin in present tense because it's very present. But sin and say I would either be two types of people. okay? so I would be on one end of the spectrum where I would say, well, God doesn't love me. 
right? He he doesn't, or maybe it's not that he doesn't love me, but maybe he just, he's going to change his mind about me, right? So he had all these things for me to do, but because I sinned, you know, then he's like, okay, now nah, Patrice, um, we got to put you in the, um, in the, in the pile over here with the undesirables. And, uh, you, you may, you may or may not be going to hell. I figure out later, but, um, here you go. You just sit right here and I'm not going to have you do what I, what I have purpose for you to do. So that that's like one way that I, that I think, and I can think if, if I don't come to God and, and ask him to show me in his word, his heart and, and his grace. Um, and then the other end of the spectrum is that I'm like, well, God has to love me, right? So I sin and, you know, I may or may not have a convicted and repented heart. I'm just going to be honest. So I sin and then I'm like, okay, God. But then I'm like, well, God has to love me. So of course he has to forgive. He has to love me. That's taking Jesus's love and Jesus's sacrifice and God's grace for granted and his mercy for granted. And I can be that person. I can be that chick that takes God's grace and mercy for granted. It is a gift. It is a gift. God chooses to love me through my worst moments when I hurt him, when I let him down, when I disappoint him. Ladies, when we think that we're over something and then we're like, um, let me just dibble dabble back, back back into that real quick. No, God chooses to love us in those moments. He makes a choice to love us because at any moment, I mean, he made a promise and he says, I'm God and I change not. We say that scripture every time. I think it's so important to remind ourselves as women, because I <laughs> I think why it's so important about that scripture, Malachi 3, 8, is because we're women and our nature, even if you want to admit it or not, but I will admit and raise my hand first that I'm indecisive. Okay, I want to wear pink today. No, I want to wear blue. Like, I will literally have something on and change like three or four times. I used to be terrible at it. I, I'm getting a little bit better because I'll be late. But, <laughs> like, oh, what do I want to eat? I want to eat Mexican or I want to eat um, Chinese. I want to eat uh, American. I want to get some. I want a salad. No, I don't want a salad. Like, we're so indecisive. And we think that God is like that. But no, one, God made a promise that he will change not. And that's the amazing thing about his grace. But God chooses. He chose us. He made that choice. And in those moments, we have to remind to to understand grace. And this is the Holy Spirit to understand grace. We have to remind ourselves that God chose us. In the very moment that he decided to send his only son to save us. That is when he made the choice. I will love you. I will give you grace. And I will give you mercy. So I want to do a disclaimer. I am not a proponent. Like I do not condone hyper grace. And I will explain what hyper grace is. Hyper grace is, let me turn to my notes. <laughs> hyper grace. Yeah. Hyper grace <clears throat> is this false sense of security and sin. So to better explain to me, hyper grace is, and this is opinionated. I, 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 didn't find I don't think well yes I did Proverbs eight thirteen, but hyper grace is um this false security of sin that that you are that it's okay to sin and it's okay not to repent and it's okay not to be convicted and it's okay to continually do this right it's okay to continually lie it's okay to continually cheat it's okay to continually have sex it's okay to continually um be hateful or gossip or whatever you're overeat gluttony whatever laziness whatever your sin is it's okay to do that because i have god's grace no <laughs> that's hyper grace and a lot of people teach that these days and it kind of saddens me um because so many people are not running to god because they believe that and it actually it actually pushes us away from god when we get into that hyper grace mentality like well you know god still loves me i'm just gonna keep on doing what i'm doing you know what i mean 
it, we have to get to a point where we say, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. Now, of course, we have the, this is when grace kicks in. This is when the true grace of God kicks in. Is when we do something, we have all intentions. And Paul talks about it in Romans. I, oh my goodness. If you want to know anything about grace, read the book of Romans. I remember when I first got baptized in 2017 and I decided I was going to follow Jesus. I, that was the first. A lot of people say, go through Matthew, go through John, go through the Gospels. But I, I guess the Holy Spirit knew I needed to know something about grace. I guess now that I look back, he's been taking me on this journey the whole time. God's been like, girl, I'm trying to get you to understand my grace. Like, come on now. And um, and so people were like, yeah, read John and read Matthew. And that's great. The Gospels are amazing. I love John. Oh, my gosh. I love John. But, honey, when you read Romans and you see... <laughs> You read scriptures like nothing can separate you from the love of Christ that is in our Lord Jesus. Like when you read scriptures like that, when you read scriptures like that, you're like, whoa, Paul, whoa. <laughs> but who, who, who better else knew grace than Paul? A persecutor killing Christians. And now he's preaching the word of God. Who better else understands grace? I mean, of course, Jesus. But what other man? You know what I mean? So read Paul. I mean, excuse me, read Romans. Read Romans if you want to see something about grace. But, of course, as always, we don't have enough time. I wish we could, but, hey, like, I'm willing. Like, I'll FaceTime you. We can go through it together, girl. Because I, I, I be needing it, too. So another part of hyper grace is that it's that sin doesn't have consequences. Oh, baby. <laughs> Let me tell you. Sin has consequences. Sin has consequences. And we're about to get into the good part. But, you know, we got, I like to, I like to eat my vegetables first. And then I like to go to my carbs because I like my carbs. So if I end with my carbs, I'm like, ooh, that was a really good meal. But if I end with my vegetables, I'm like, ugh, I don't want to eat healthy ever again. <laughs> so we got to start with the, with the stuff that's good for us. All of it's good for us, right? It's all going to fuel our body and our spirits and our souls, just like the food analogy. But we got to eat our vegetables first. Y'all remember, I don't know if y'all parents did this. I'm so talkative today, so excuse me. But I don't know if y'all parents did this. My mom and dad were not that big on me not drinking while eating. But I remember my cousin, anytime I would go over, um, my second cousin um, and I are around the same age. So anytime I would go around my first cousin's house, his mom, she would not let us eat. She would not let us drink and eat you have to eat all your food then you could drink why do black parents do that i never do white parents like do other cultures do that it's not just white out there but do other cultures do that y'all let me know email me i really want to know that <laughs> like i don't get it but yeah so that's what we're gonna do today we're gonna eat all our food and then we're gonna drink our lemonade so yeah so um that hyper grace is also the idea that sin has no consequence that's so untrue that's so untrue. That's so untrue. Sin, de sin definitely has consequences. Anything that you do, whether it be good or bad, is going to have a consequence to it. I think we understand consequence in a wrong way. And, and I'm actually learning this in, in an abnormal psychology class, is that there can be negative consequences and there can be positive consequences. Negative consequences don't mean that God doesn't love us. It just means that there is a consequence to our action. If I go and I if I go and I have a bucket, right? And I'm going my intentions are to mop the floor. Okay? So anytime, I don't know how y'all mop the floor, but anytime I mop the floor, I have to put the bucket in the bathtub, right? Catch the water. So if I leave the faucet running and I allow the water to overflow, 
and the water fills up the tub, fills up the bucket, fills up the tub, then runs over onto the floor. That's a consequence of me not turning the water off in time. You see what I'm saying? It's not that I shouldn't have filled up the bucket or the bucket didn't need water because I have to mop the floor, but I didn't turn the water off in time. So as a consequence, now I have to mop all this water up off the floor. Mm. Now my, my floor is flooded. There's all this water in the bathtub. So I think about that to mean like, in grace, it's not that there's not, it's not that you don't have to work, okay, for repentance. We don't have to work for grace. It's a gift. Grace is a gift. But in that scenario, it's not like, well, okay, my, you know, my floor flooded, so it'll just dry up. No, <laughs> we have to clean that up. That's a consequence. We have to clean that up. You got And you got to clean it up quick. And that's how sin, repentance, and grace works. And grace is that water will drain. The water will dry up. But you have to do something. You have to put some effort into your repentance. You have to confess. We have to confess. We have to put effort into repentance. And God gives us the grace. He gives us his gift of grace. So... I don't know where I got that water analogy from. That was the Holy Spirit too. I don't even know how I don't even know where that came from. But yeah. So let's turn to um Proverbs 8:13. And this is still just talking about hypergrace. And I wanted to talk about this because this is a misconception. You know, we always talk about misconceptions here at WGTG because that's how Satan begin us. And he'd be really trying to flip our minds on us and do tricks. And I'm like, no, nah, bro, I understand because God's word says this, this, and this, and this. So let's turn to Proverbs um, 8, 13. Oh, my gosh. I have so much. I've talked so much. But I'm just going to let it flow, okay? Um, let's turn to Proverbs 8, 13 with the quickness so this won't be an hour <laughs> my fingers can't move fast enough proverbs eight thirteen. by the way how's y'all's day been going how's y'all's week been going email me that too i just want to hear from y'all like for real i think i'm gonna start doing prizes each week for anybody who emails me i don't know i don't know what we're gonna do but we're gonna do something <laughs> but proverbs chapter 8 verse 13 and as always you know that if you um don't have a Bible, you can just Google the scriptures. So Proverbs, if you just go to Google and put in P-R-O-V-E-R-B-S and then um, Proverbs and then just put 8 colon 13. You can put N-I-V because um, that's what we read from here at WGTG. Then um, you can get the scripture there. Uh, so, yeah. So Proverbs 8.13 says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. So I think I brought this scripture. Like, I think the Holy Spirit was bringing this scripture to me. Because as daughters, we must fear God. Because although he is love and grace and mercy, he also is a God who hates sin and has nothing to do with it. Right? He hates the sin. And I know people are going to take what I am saying and run with it in so many different directions. Try not to do that for me, please, because I try not to do that myself because I don't think that's what God wants us to do. But um, as God does not like or endorse sin, period. Pooh. <laughs> so when we sin, he gives us the gift of grace. And we're still talking about hyper grace, believe it or not. But he gives us the gift of grace but it's not in this way of like, you can get comfortable in your sin and I will, you know what I mean? And I will just, I don't know what God's limit is. I can't tell you. Um, what is it? Um, it's a scripture. Uh, 
it kind of speaks on the sovereignty of God. Oh my goodness, Holy Spirit, what is it? It's like Esau, he loved, no, Esau, he hated and Jacob, he loved. I think that's it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but God, God is sovereign and we don't know what his limit is, right? He could say, okay, you've been, you're comfortable. You keep doing what you're doing. I can't have nothing to do with you right now. <laughs> that could possibly happen. I mean, he promises us things, but there's a there's a there's a clause to it. We have to follow that commandment. Love the Lord your God. Like we we can't think that we can just and I'm I'm speaking to myself because I can get into this. We can't think that we could just do what we want because we can't. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Jesus. Oh, oh my gosh. So I. Mm. I just I just want to look up like every scripture to that. I wish we had like two hours. But yeah, we don't belong to ourselves. Right? And what God is saying is that I know that your flesh wants to do something else. Jesus no Jesus Jesus knows. What is this a scripture that says there's no temptation that Jesus had I'm paraphrasing, but there's no temptation that Jesus didn't feel. Jesus been tempted with everything when he was here on earth. He was tempted with every single thing. Isn't God so amazing? He made sure, like he made Jesus into human form. Jesus could have come and done whatever he did in any type of way. God is that amazing and abstract. But he brought Jesus in human form because he said, you know what? I've created my workmanship and I need you to go in human form so they can know that you have overcome the world. So Jesus came and he felt every single temptation. Every single temptation. He felt every single temptation. By God's grace, he didn't act on that temptation. We can look at prayers that Jesus prayed. Even when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan, he was like real deal tempted. That's how those misconceptions. And that's why I'm so big on misconceptions because like literally what if Jesus had not relied on God's grace, on the father's grace and, 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 and strength and the word of God to get him out of the wilderness in that, in that way. You know what I mean? So Satan, like, yeah, throw yourself off this mountain. Jesus, uh, ain't your God going to come get you. He ain't he going to send some ain't and Jesus like, excuse me. No, <laughs> no. He like you hungry. Jesus eat this rock, turn this rock into bread. I think that's what he said. Turn this rock into bread. Jesus is like, uh, no man does not live on bread alone. Like, so do y'all see what I'm saying? I think, I think we see what, I think we see what we, I think we see what the Holy Spirit is saying. So we're going to keep on going. So why grace? Why grace? Why is it the game changer? I think it's, I tend to live my life in a state where I think God has changed his mind about me because of my past, present, and future sins. Let me tell you, um, I'm not really sure why I seem to think sometimes that God is waiting to punish me or waiting to like say, okay, that was the last thing that you did. So get out. You know what I mean? Like, let me make this clear. So we we address the hyper grace mentality. So I'm not talking about hyper grace. I'm not talking about something that you're doing intent like intentionally, consciously, consistently with no repentance. That's not what I'm talking about. So we took clear of that. So I want you to like close that door because we've talked about hyper grace. We've addressed it. Close the door. So now we're moving into you are living your life for Jesus and you want to follow him and you want to do what's right and you want to be righteous and you want to be sanctified by Jesus, soul, body, spirit. But you, but we fall short, right? Because we're humans. So when that happens, how is grace the game changer? And so... um Sometimes I can be like, well, I can think that God is, I can think that God is not there 
to redeem me, if that makes sense. So what happens, and this is where the this is where Satan always gets me. So if you identify with this, let me know. But what happens is if I sin in my mind, I'm like, okay, shut it down. Shut it down. I'm not a disciple anymore. I'm not saved anymore. I'm not going to heaven. I'm going to hell. God hates me. He like he's going to take all the like he is literally going to shut this operation down. There's no more um light and salt. There's no more city on the hill. There's no more not not for me. I'm just, you know, with the undesirables. Um <laughs> I'm going to work in 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 the I don't even know. I'm just going to work in the fields for the rest of my life and not have the presence of the Lord with me because I sin and God doesn't love me anymore. Huh? Patrice? Question mark? What? No. No. Wrong. We have to realize, I have to realize, we have to realize that God gives us his grace to... God gives us his grace for us to see that we have to depend on him. As you can tell, this is a very hard sharing. This is a hard podcast for me. <laughs> like I it, it takes a sense of vulnerability. So forgive me if I seem all over the place and I seem like I'm pausing a lot and it's not as fluid as it usually is, but who cares? We just gonna keep going. So God gives us his grace. I think for us to understand that we have to depend on him. Like, you can't do this. Like, you can't do this without me. You see what I'm saying? I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. <laughs> That's what he says in John, right? We read that in John 15. Like, he's like, I chose you, Patrice, Jane Doe, into your name. God chose us first. And even when we choose him, we don't choose him like he chose us because he chooses us indefinitely. We may choose him Monday then forget him Tuesday, then come back and choose him on Wednesday for midweek. Then we forget him on Thursday, then we choose him on Friday. And of course, we're going to sometimes forget him on Saturday and then we'll come back and choose him again on Sunday. And he deals with it, right? Because he chose us first. So I think God's grace is the game changer because he's like, you have to depend on me. You can't do this without my grace. And so what makes me think about that is, and we're finna wrap it up, guys. What makes me think about that is 2 Corinthians um, chapter 12. Um, and Paul is talking about, did Paul write the Corinthians? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Y'all, I promise I'll be having to ask myself questions. Because I really don't be knowing. I'm not a pastor. I haven't studied theology. So I just don't be knowing. I just. Yeah. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 9. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 9. Ooh. You know what? <clears throat> Let's just read from 6, 2 Corinthians 12, 6, and we're going to read 6 through 9. I wish, <laughs> I wish we could just read from one. You know what? Let's do it. This podcast is going to be long. I'm just going to let y'all know. So Paul is talking about his vision and his thorn um, in this. And I, I think this is like one of the most eye-opening like chapters. So we're going to read a good bit of it. But Paul says, so we're reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things. Wow. Things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Mm. Even if I should choose to boast, 
I would not be a I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain. So no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, let him know, Paul, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace, this is in red, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. I'm going to read it again. Verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect. For my power, meaning God, God is speaking. My grace, God is saying this to Paul. He's like, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul saying, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. I had to go ahead and crawl out every syllable of that word. (laughs) For when I am weak, then I am strong. Praise be. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. If I'm being honest, I don't talk about my weaknesses. Why? Question mark. (laughs) Why talk about my weaknesses, right? I want to be this super Christian, right? I want to be this woman of God, this zealous woman you know, who who does no wrong. That's sin. That's sin. My need to have it all together is sin. Because that means that I'm dependent on myself. And like Paul says, he said, if I were to boast, it's not like I would be lying. He said, if I choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. Paul was doing a lot of things. Paul was doing some stuff, right? So he was like, if I want to boast about what I what I what people tell me, and you know, he's talking about the the man that he knew that had been um taken up to third heaven. He didn't know if it was in body or spirit, but he knew that he had seen basically had gone to heaven. He said, if I want to boast about some stuff, I can boast about some stuff, right? And we're the same way. We're like, if we want to boast about something, honey. I'd be like, girl, if I want to boast about something, I could say I'm doing a podcast. I I'm I, I got disciple partners. I studied the Bible with girl, what? Uh-uh. No, no. But that's where my heart, that's where my flesh can go, and that's where my heart can go. If I don't read scriptures like this, and I don't allow the Holy Spirit to speak to my heart. And it's those thorns in my flesh that remind me, Patrice. You ain't going to ever have it all together. And that's a good thing. Because then you need God and you have to depend on Christ. And I love when it says, so I take, it says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. But what I meant to say is, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So anything that we do with people, someone told me this the other day. They were like, anything that you do with people reflects your relationship with God, right? So if I'm not being honest with people. I'm not being honest with God. If I'm not telling people my weaknesses, if I'm not confessing, it could be the one person, it could be the 20 people. But if I'm not confessing, I don't condone, I don't recommend confessing to 20 people. I mean, if you want to, you can, but <laughs> that's a lot of people. But my point is, if I'm not confessing and I'm not sharing my weaknesses with people, and I'm not sharing those thorns that sit in my side, And I'm coming across as just like this perfect person. Jesus didn't even do that. 
Jesus begged this. <laughs> he begged the disciples. He said, stay up and pray with me. I'm struggling. No. He's like, God, and then perfect example. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's he's saying he had to share his weakness with God. He laid his weakness down. I believe it was three times. I'm going to go back and look at it. But he shared his weakness. God, if there's any other way we can do this, let's do it. (laughs) Because this is, this is... And I think it's in the NIV. I can't remember what version, but it's in the NIV. But he it talks about how he was overwhelmed with sadness. Jesus shared his weakness. Jesus. So Jesus shared his weaknesses. He even told the disciples, he said, you can't even stay up and pray with me. Watch. So you will not be tempted. Even Jesus, Jesus, like Jesus Christ, (laughs) the son of man, son of God, Messiah. He had to share his weaknesses with God. So why do I feel like I'm that I don't have to do that? Why do we feel like we don't have to do that? We don't have to share our weaknesses. We can pretend that we have it all together. Righteousness is not obtained through me hiding my sin and putting on a face of perfection. Grace, that's not true grace either. That's not receiving true grace. Grace is to say, you know what, girl? I did this yesterday. And I know the only way that I'm here, the only way that I'm still here, and God didn't immediately send me to hell, like immediately take me out, and send me to hell or that I'm not doomed for hell is because of his grace. And I want to have a repentant heart. Lord, give me a repentant heart. Give me a stronger conviction. That's grace. When you wake up and you still feel the presence of the Lord, it may be a little uncomfortable because you're like, ooh, <laughs> I just said that to her yesterday. Or I just cursed that person out yesterday. Or I just did this yesterday. Whatever. I just got. Wow. But when you wake up in the morning and you still feel the presence of God, whether it's conviction or love or however he comes to you. That's grace. That's grace. To finish this out, because we are going on 42 minutes, but to finish this out, let's read Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Y'all know I be wanting to read. I don't know why I like to read from like the beginning of the chapter. Because I guess it just gives you context. So when I like come into the middle, let's just read 1 through 12. I mean, it's just 1 through 12. It's the word of God. Come on, we got time. So Philippians 2. We're going to read chapter. Uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 12. This is um, it's, the title of this chapter is Imitating Christ's Humility. Whew. oh gosh so mm, all right first one therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with christ if any comfort from his love if any common sharing in the spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and one And one of mine. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. We're getting, I know you might like, girl, what this got to do with grace? But 
Let's keep reading. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God, wow, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Remember, we talked about that earlier. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Mm. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So verse 12, therefore, my dear friend, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So you're like, girl, what that got to do with what we're talking about? So we read from verses 1 because I wanted to get the context. But what we came to read was 9 through 12. And I, God's grace is a gift of his power. And that's what I wanted us to grasp. And we talked about humility. And I think that's just what the Holy Spirit wanted us to read too. <laughs> it's humility. It's humility that we need God's grace. Mm. God's grace is the gift of his power to us in need of constant deliverance in order to fulfill the purpose that he has for us. He wants the lost, the saved, and everyone in between to see his glory. That's the goal. That's the goal. He wants to be one again with his children, all of his children, of all nations. And so the ones that have heard the calling and understand and have taken up their cross and decided to follow Jesus and gone through salvation and understand salvation, and he gives us his power. He gives us his power and his gift of grace to say, you know what? You sinned. Mm, mm. Okay, Holy Spirit. So this is what's happening with me. I still think that it's about me. I still think that it's about me. If I sin... And I say, okay, 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 shut the whole operation down. God don't, you know, and I put it on God. I'm like, okay, well, God is not wanting to have anything to do with me. But no, girl, that's your stuff. That's you thinking that it's about you and it ain't about you. That's grace. That's God's grace. God is saying it's not about you. It's about me. It's about my glory. And as it should be, the all powerful and the all almighty, as it should be. But that's that's what that's what he's saying. Jesus is like I hum Jesus humbled himself. He could use his equality in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Like Jesus has been since the beginning in Genesis, I can't remember it says um it it references like um plural nouns, we, our created and once we once we were done like jesus has been us since the beginning he's equal with god he's so he could have used that to his advantage it could have been about him but no the scripture says instead instead rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. They could have, Jesus could have done anything. Excuse me. They could have drowned him. 
they could have tied some bricks, some rocks, boulders or whatever to his ankles and let him drown. No, he died in agony. Even um, I, I was studying with um, my discipler and another um, young lady, a uh, sister, and um, she explained this to me about gall. I know, y'all, this is so long. You can cut it off at any time. But <clears throat> she explained um, about God and about how they had, we were reading in the scriptures. And this is something that I had never, I mean, never known. It was just a learning experience. And she said, um, G- they offered Jesus God. Like, and it's said to be that God could have been like some type of medicine, medicine, um, or it could have been poison. We don't know. But if it was medicine, Either way, we know God, uh, Jesus um, didn't take it. He was like, nah. So it's said to be that gall could have been like a medicine to kind of ease the pain um, or kind of just make it a little bit not tolerable. I mean, he was dying um, and being crucified, but, you know, to kind of ease that whatever. And so um, but Jesus denied it. He was like, no. And so she mentioned she was like Jesus wanted to he didn't take the easy way out at any point in his death he took no easy routes out isn't that humility he could say well I'm gonna die for y'all but give me some of that gall so this can feel a little bit better no 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 so A new revelation of grace, grace as the game changer, is to understand that this is not about us. That when we sin, God is not throwing away a whole operation because we sinned. We 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 already talked about hyper grace, okay? So don't don't think that I'm saying those things. But when we sin and we have a repentant heart and we come to Him. And we surrender and we confess our sins. And we talked about depending on him, we boast in our weaknesses to him and to people. The operation is still going to go on because the goal is the glory of God, not the glory of Patrice, not the glory of into your name, not the glory of Jane Doe, not the it's the glory of God. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, yeah, that's episode 10. (laughs) Grace, the game changer. Um, Literally 52 minutes and 40 seconds. Wow. Okay. Amen. Well, I love you guys. God loves us. No matter what you've done, there's always, as of right now, take the opportunity. Because it's not promised. This opportunity is not always promised. So take the opportunity to come to Jesus to be saved, to study his word out, to be baptized and fulfill all righteousness, as he says in Matthew 5. Take the opportunity to do those things. It changes your life. It changed my life. It changes my life daily. And I can't live without Jesus, even though sometimes I try, but I can't do it. It's impossible. So, if you want to talk about more about studying the Bible, about talking about salvation, about baptism, about anything that we talked about, just email me. Email me at We Got Ministry and we can talk about it and we can make it happen. All right. I love you guys and I will see you in episode 11 of WeGTT. Bye.